Okay, <laughs> and that'll that's the end of our podcast. We are never recording again. <laughs> Welcome back to Always To There Are, a Star Wars discussion podcast. I am Josiah, here with my co-host, Steven. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Steven? I don't know. Pretty good. You don't I'm know? Fr- yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. It's, I don't know. Every time I introduce myself, when you're like, here's Steven, it feels odd to me. It does a little bit, yeah. I don't know why. It's, just, it's like, you, you come hi. in, because I have this, like, it's not written I say like the same thing every intro, right? It's not like a, I didn't like, it's not a script, but I come in with the same energy, right? And then I throw it to Steven and I get like a, hey, or a, how's it going? Or whatever else. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I just, I, I always feel kind of awkward saying hi. I don't know why. I I think it's because we're talking to people that we can't actually see. That's true, but we're also trying to talk to each other. Trying, yeah. Emphasis on the trying. <laughs> Once we get into it, I feel fine. It doesn't sound awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, this week, we are picking up our fixing Star Wars conversation or our how to fix Star Wars conversation. Uh, however, I've introed it in the past couple of episodes. Um, last week, we covered... A couple weeks ago, we covered what's wrong with Star Wars. Last week, we covered... Uh, how to fix Star Wars on like the corporate yeah, level? Yeah, how how like how to, how like to reimagine how to approach the franchise from Disney's perspective. Yeah, uh, basically, just care less about money, care more about the fans, which uh, will never yeah, happen. So that and and now we're gonna talk about caring about the story, continuity, uh, and th- this this will be the much more fun conversation. I think so. This will actually have like be talking about content. Yeah. And don't be like, all right, so the Disney CEO really needs to make these business decisions. This will be more like Dave Filoni needs to put Captain Rex in live action Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. We've got Tamara Morrison. We've, we've got yeah. the timeline. Everything's right. There are certain cameos, I think, that are past their expiration date. That, well, it's just I say that because I don't know. Yeah. I, I now that I hear myself say it, it's like oh, but I don't. I want there to be cameos. Exactly. Um. Do you think we'll get Cal Kestis and Kenobi? I don't know, and I say I, I say that because I don't know what's what Jedi Fallen Order two will be about if they make it. I think I think there is a chance that whatever the other planet in the trailers we've seen, we may just get like a glimpse of Cal Kestis. Granted, I said this about Mandalorian and that didn't happen. I just really want to see Cal Kestis in live action. Yeah, I said it in the past. I don't know if, if seeing him in live action, I'll be able to divorce him from the Joker. Yeah, and then uh, I gave you the image of like, imagine him without the makeup and with Cal Kestis, Cal, Cal Kestis's... Kestis's with Cal's uniform on. <laughs> He'll definitely have a green lightsaber. Will he? Oh, yeah, to go with his green hair. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this week's topic, uh, jumping back into fixing Star Wars. Steve, what do you got for us today? Oh, goodness. Okay, so I guess some of the big things would be like... Uh, dealing with like the material they're currently putting out yeah because one of the big ones is the high republic we've talked a little bit about this off air yeah we have um so i'll I'll just kind of restate what i've already said oh yeah i also don't remember what you said so thanks just i'll listen with new ears glad to know you listen Uh, that's what i have a podcast for (laughs) okay so we can listen back yeah that that so I don't have a problem, really, because when I've what I've seen of the High Republic, I haven't actually read any read any of it, and I don't plan to. But from what I've seen, from what I've seen of it, um, I'm glad we know we it, can trust your opinion on the High Republic, having never read it and never planned to. Yes, I know. Uh, I'm such a credible source on this. Yep. Um, 
the, the, the big problems I have with it is that it is just by looking at the art that they've, you know, in their promotional material, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that they are going for like an Arthurian legend feel to it. You have the, I mean, you have Kylo Ren with his cross-bladed lightsaber, but the, the cross guard is exhaust ports, uh, which makes sense uh, if you have an unstable crystal or an overly powerful blade and you don't want to destroy the hilt. Uh, and then we see in Rebels uh, that style of lightsaber with the exhaust port cross guards uh, were like an ancient design. But in the High Republic, when you're looking at some of the lightsabers that you see characters holding, they don't have cross guards that are exhaust ports. They're just cross guards built into the hilt. And some of these lightsaber hilts are very much a a you know 10th to 14th century style european hilt for a long sword or a hand and a half sword uh it's very it is that arthurian excalibur kind of feel to it and i don't have a problem if that's an image they want to go for i think it's fine but where i have a problem with it is that in reality arthurian legend is way beyond living memory the high republic era which is 200 years before the battle of yavin that is living memory for 200 wait only 200 years it's about 200 years yeah is that new what do you mean new like in old canon was it only that in old canon the high republic didn't exist so in old canon you had the ancient republic which is like twenty-five thousand years bby uh, then you have the Old Republic. And so the Ancient Republic is like 25,000 years up to the Second Schism of the Jedi. And the Great Hyperspace Wars and the Great Sith War, which is about 5,000-ish years before the before the Battle of Yavin. Then you have the Old Republic, which is like right after the Hyperspace Wars. All the way up to... Uh, the seventh battle of Rusan, which is when Darth Bane survives as the last living Sith and creates the rule of two. This is when the old Republic dies as a result of those wars and that particular battle. And we get the new Republic and the new Republic is from a thousand to, uh, basically, Order 66. And it's also sometimes referred to as the rise of the Empire era because this is when the Jedi start to get complacent. They start to, they move to Coruscant, their high temple to Coruscant, and they start to really get political, get political and integrated into the upper echelon of Coruscanti society. And this is when the dark side through the rule of two really starts to rise Mm -hmm. in a way where it can cloud the Jedi's vision, which culminates in Palpatine and thus the rise of the Empire. Then you have the Rebellion era, and then you have the, the technical New Republic, where they completely reorganize the pre existing Republic into the New Republic after the fall of the Empire. Uh, and this is when you get Luke's new Jedi Order. So, 200 years it, before being the High Republic, this is like a complete... This is Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is and after canon. they've destroyed the EU and the old timeline. And the problem is, is that it's not... It is living memory. So, it doesn't really fit with the Arthurian legend motif. Mm-hmm. Because you've got Chewbacca was alive. Yoda was alive. I don't know if Yoda was the grand... No, but he would have been like 700 years old. Yeah, but I don't know if he was Grand Master of the Jedi Order at this point, but he was definitely at least on the High Council. Yeah, yeah. Chewbacca, Yoda, uh, Jabba. Jabba was like middle-aged at this point, or at least 200 at this point, something like that. Uh, Whether he was uh, the level of crime lord that he was in Return of the Jedi, I don't know. 
but he was definitely around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it like, if you want to have the High Republic, I would say it needs to predate Yoda. Because at the time of the movies and the Empire era, which is where Disney's really focusing a lot of their content, Yoda would be the oldest known character mm-hmm. that's relevant. Yeah. Uh, there are other characters that are older than Yoda, but they are not, like, they're not important or central to the big stories. Yeah. They have they might have their own stories, but they're not, they're not in Luke's story. So, that's the first thing, is the, the High Republic, it, it, I would say it needs to be kind of reimagined. Mm. It just... Really, just a different timeline. Yeah. Uh, pre-rule of two. Uh, yeah, right. I don't know. I kind of want to... I want to go read those books just just because we have a Star Wars podcast, and I feel like we should be, we should be experiencing the content. But also, from what I've seen, they're like... They don't look like they're geared towards, like, our age. They look very much like they're geared towards, like, a... Like element, like late elementary, middle school audience, and yeah. I'm yeah. I just I, that's a lot of time to sink into a quote unquote kids book. Now, granted, someone please like let us know if we're completely wrong, and these are like like really well written, like dark, gory stories. Gory stories. That's a podcast right there. Yeah. But oh, I don't know. It, it, I would say they're probably not because oh, yeah, like, when you not. watch Clone Wars, you see on screen people get like stabbed in the back. You see a lightsaber protrude from their chest and it's on screen. And you're like, hmm, this show is not afraid to like kill people. Speaking of someone getting stabbed with a lightsaber and also kind of the darker side of Star Wars. I was having a conversation with someone. I believe it was... Uh, I can't remember who it was. I was having a conversation with someone about Han Solo's death and how great that that scene is. Like, even though it's the it's the death of a beloved character, like, what that means for Kylo's story and all of that, it is an amazing scene. One of my favorite scenes in the, new, in the sequel trilogy. And this person I'm talking to was like, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense that he was, he killed him with, like, the, like, exhaust port uh, of the lightsaber. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he stabs him with like the side of the lightsaber. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He fully stabs him with the full blade through the chest. It's kind of a big moment. Like you see the hole in his back. Like it's kind of like a huge moment. And he's like, no, no, he definitely stabs him with the side of the blade. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Anyway? Yeah. Just a random tidbit of now I think I'm insane. Okay. Because I can't tell. You're supposed to. This is where you come be like, no, you're right, Josiah. He does stab him with the full blade. You're right, Josiah. He does stab him with the hilt. Well, no. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that was like low-hanging fruit right there. You see I that a lot. Resist. That's going to be on the bingo card one day. <laughs> it is. Take a shot if Steven says low-hanging fruit. Got it. Now I'll never say it again. That's not true. Anyway, I'm so You were talking about Clone Wars being dark and killing people. Right, and then uh, in season seven, I don't think we really see it get be that dark. I think oh, it, I I disagree. Do people like? Do we see deaths on screen? Do we in, see in the last four episodes? We do when when Darth Maul gets his hallway scene, um, and he like. I don't know, I haven't seen it since it released. It's been like oh like a you year. oh man, I cannot wait till you get to those episodes. I'll be probably re, re I'll probably be getting to them in the next week or two. Yeah, um, it's it's one of the things that made the last four episodes feel like Clone Wars because the Bad Batch didn't quite feel like Clone Wars and the Ahsoka episodes yeah. didn't quite feel like Clone Wars, but the last four did because it got dark and because like Darth Maul mm. was like there may not have been. They may have been all on-scene deaths or on-screen deaths, but they were heavily implied. Right. That this man is just murking clones left and right. Sure. 
Oh, but that that, that, that so was good. the real point I was getting to is that Dave Filoni is not afraid to actually show the death on scene. Yeah, on like screen. when we see He's... Boba Fett stab Cad Bane and kill a beloved character forever, <laughs> and he's dead, and I'll never recover. Actually. Yes. <laughs> Your eyes perked up when I said actually. They did, yeah. I don't think Cad Bane's dead. <sighs> what do you mean? Cad Bane, on his jacket, has a little red light beeper indicator that is... I think it's a heart monitor. And at the end, when we see him lying in the dirt, it is still blinking. That would actually make sense because of, like, the precautions and the modifications that Cad made to himself to, like, yeah, be, uh-huh. like, anti-Jedi. And yeah. that some kind of ballistic armor would make sense. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily armor that protects him or saves yeah. him, but I don't think he was dealt a fatal blow because that little indicator is still blinking. Which suggests that he was still alive. He still had a beating Which would heart. still would still make the whole Boba Fett not actually a killer thing. I yes. still think it should have been Cad Bane in the Back to Pod, but you know what? Can't get everything we want. Hashtag <laughs> the sequel trilogy. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think I derailed us when I talked about them being like kids' books. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's true. That's okay. That's just me judging a book by its cover. That's okay. I mean, which is the me who hasn't read or doesn't plan to read, judging them by their cover. I mean, that's the point of a book cover, honestly. At least in a comic where it's, especially when it comes to the art, because that's a big part of comics, is the art style. Yeah. Uh, Because they are so heavily visual. So you you know, if you look at the cover art and you're like, "Ooh, I don't like this art style," then you're not probably not going to really enjoy the comic. It'll be too difficult to look at as you read it, which is understandable. So, uh, but this actually allows me talking about the High Republic allows me to segue into the other issue that I've seen at least with comics, and I think this is also revolving around the High Republic hmm. uh, comics. Is uh, there is absolutely a degree, in my opinion, there is a very big degree of creative bankruptcy in Hollywood. Wait, what? A lot of stories are rehashed. There aren't... And when we look at Star Wars, there aren't a whole lot of original characters. They're, they did a whole movie on Han Solo's origin story. Mm-hmm. They could have done a whole movie on a whole new character. They did... Yeah, but a whole new character won't necessarily sell. That's true. But Star Wars will sell. This and, is true. I think. I think... Um, and that allows them to take the risk on a new character. I think Star Wars Celebration 2020 or 2021. 2020. Was there a 2020? Yes, because it was when we got announced uh, all of the Star- the Ahsoka show, the Rangers of the Republic show, the Acolyte show, uh, Cassian Andor show. Like they announced uh, the fire. Star Wars a droid story. And I've seen it referred to as Kathleen Kennedy's uh, Fire Hydrant of Fun. Okay. Just because it's just a cascade of shows that some look interesting and some are like, why? I cannot wait for Acolyte. I don't know what it's going to be about. It's I don't pro- either. It's probably going to be bad because it's about Sith. And so... I'm very... The Sith are my jam and I'm very... No, I know. I'm very hesitant when it comes to stories about the Sith because, oof. Uh, so, they do a lot of origin stories and i can see that because last time i talked about like the marvelization of star wars and how that's not a good thing for star wars because they're not they're not the same and and when you think about comic book heroes like it's part of spider-man to have the origin story it's part of superman to have the origin story this is not the same for star wars so we don't really need like a lot of people did not like Solo because it was an origin story. I loved Solo. See, I thought it was a really fun movie. I didn't think it was necessarily a good movie. That's valid. But it was a very fun movie. I and think you, for can that describe, reason, that's, you can describe <laughs> all of Star Wars with that description. That's, sure. Um, uh, I, I, th- I think I agree with you just in the terms of Star Wars doesn't get a lot of origin stories because I think every single... Star Wars movie, it's like the big trope is the 
the ship, right, flying over screen or something like that. It's, there's always like a big ship in the opening shot, right? right? And that every single Star Wars movie, like you, you have the big ship and something is happening. Right. The We're beginning of the beginning the of Star of Wars story. is I can't remember the the name of the storytelling device, but it's it's something that translates to in the midst of things. Right. And it's the concept of telling a story right out the gate. You're in the middle of something. It's like when you're playing D and D or And like, you start out in combat. Yeah. Yeah. And you your DM says roll I, I for initiative. Where, yeah, I knew where you were going. Oh yeah. With that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's the most exciting thing because it's like, oh wow, we have no like we're not going right. to like introduce ourselves. It's like, no, you're fighting. Let's go. It's the same thing with like like Skyrim, one of the most popular video games of all time, starts with, "Oh, you're awake." And so obviously like like in that sentence, someone knows who you are and has been waiting for you to wake up. Right. And you like look around and you're in this wagon and there's guys talking whatever. Um anyway, all the guys you're talking to are in shackles. Like something Yeah, yeah, yeah. something's it, very wrong. You did something, you're not quite sure what and but it's also a Skyrim or an Elder Scrolls thing is you're always start out as a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, I just think I can't. I'm, I'm gonna have to look up that what that yeah. It's interesting because you don't get that with like high fantasy novels. A, a novel, fictional novels in general, they start out slow. They start out slice of life. And There's a lot of narration and, and exposition. Right, and when you think about Luke's story. That's how it started. Simple farm boy living the boring life. And then a crazy droid lands in his shop and is like, ah, I belong to this old dude. I'm going to go find him. Yeah, but the movie doesn't start with that. The movie doesn't. The movie starts with we're in the middle of a right. battle. Right. Oh, man. Star uh, Wars. So, like with uh, like novels – the main the, the prologue is that the title crawl of Star Wars yeah, yeah, and yeah. the ships over Tatooine, but then chapter one, sentence one is, you know, Aunt Brew going, Luke, where's Luke? And that kind of thing, and it's just like, oh, it's and they drink simple, blue milk. Yeah, and it's just simple slice of life stuff. I drink blue milk uh, every Star Wars day. <laughs> do you? I really do. Yeah. Oh. I just put food coloring in milk and. <laughs> me and my sisters do it every Star Wars day. It's great. Wow, that's uh, more dedicated than me. Until this Star Wars day, it's usually uh, maybe I watch a Star Wars movie. But that's your normal life. That's yeah. not anything different. <laughs> that's true. That's not special for that Star Wars day. That is my normal life. Uh, you just usually it's Star just, Wars. Uh, I'll, we go out for dinner for my dad's birthday. Oh, right. <laughs> it's so fitting. Which you're... I don't know. I'm, I'm planning like this i don't know if i'm gonna announce the podcast to him on his birthday or tell mm. him before i don't know that's a great <laughs> so okay going back to creative bankruptcy uh one of the examples at least creative the... bankruptcy is the title of a punk album yeah it's a so great one. anyway i'm a, so sorry one of the examples that really pops in my head is the the comic characters that Disney released that got like massively lampooned last year. And that's a ship named Vessel, a pilot who is a rock named Geode. I don't even, uh, uh Jam Ramber Ram, Ramba Jamba Jam. <laughs> it's something like that i honestly have to look it up but it, it's some kind of honestly i think it's a ridiculous name uh what just happened that'll there's so many great cold opens in this episode <laughs> uh and then i can't really remember the rest of the crew because i didn't care at that point i was just like oh this is the most like bland, unimaginative things I've seen. I, I honestly thought it was a joke at first, but it was I'm not. sorry, what was it? I, I again I missed what were you watching? I wasn't watching anything. I was seeing their promotional materials for their new comic. Star Wars? Yes. Character named Okay, cool, yeah, we're caught up now. Okay, okay. I got it, I got it. Star Wars comic. Okay, did you like Ramba Jamba Jam. Ramba Jamba Jam. And, and I, 
if it were up to me, I would. If if I had seen if I had been the boss, in that meeting, and I had seen, I would have immediately rejected it, and said no. Don't name a rock geo. Don't name a ship vessel. Be more interesting, and don't make the the rock character like if you want to have a a rock based life form. That's fine. It worked in in Thor Ragnarok. It worked wonderfully in Thor Ragnarok. Hey man, <laughs> I'm Korg. <laughs> Want to join our? Was it to say rebellion? Revolution? I don't know. The revolution has begun. <laughs> you did pretty well. I know. I know. I've been working on that one for a few years now. <laughs> I love Korg. My favorite. Thor, he's back. I can't do the accent. New Doug. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so. But when it's just a, a rock shaped like a rock, and it's it's not, it doesn't look like a character, that's when it's just like, okay, this is not an acceptable pitch. And I would reject it on the spot. Uh, I wouldn't listen to anything else. I would say, the design, you need to go back to the drawing board. And if you brought me a ship and you said its name is Vessel. Yeah, that's a little weak. I would say, like, okay, they're all Vessels. What's special about this one? Why do I care about the story of this vessel? Because it's Star Wars. And I mean, also for me, names are important. I I think it's valid. I'm very particular about names. How'd you feel in Solo when he's like, my name's Han. Han what? I don't know. It's like, well, Han Solo. Yeah, I. at first it didn't bother me. But then, after I watched it a second time, I was just like, oh, that's just... It was disappointing. I was like, okay, this, it's not really interesting. It's like, okay, so all that Solo is in the Star Wars universe, it's the equivalent of a Smith. It's just a John Smith. I do like, Jane though, Doe. that he, like, he took it and ran with it and made sure. it something important. Sure. I think that's interesting. But at the same time, it's... If they had created a more interesting origin of the name, and it's not even that they needed to, uh, like just off the top of my head, something that would have been more interesting than what we actually got was just if he always just told people, hey, I'm solo, in, in the sense that when he was looking for jobs and they said, how many of you are there? He just like, oh, it's just me. I'm I'm solo. Or I'll do this job solo, and then people, and then other people just started to refer to him as Solo. Until he met Chewbacca, and then they became a duo. That would have been a little more interesting than just, oh, Solo's the equivalent of Jane Doe, John Smith. So I would reject a lot of these ideas, and I would have higher standards in character creation, character design, and, and the premise of stories things of that nature i would also it kind of harkening back to what we talked about in the last episode of interacting with the fans yeah because there are so many good and original like fan stories that have nothing to do with the skywalker saga they're not really set in the empire era or they are but they're like completely disconnected from the empire it's just they you know they wanted stormtroopers on screen so it's during that time frame I would actually look to the fan base and start, and this is aside from like going, oh, that's a really good fan film, let's canonize it. This is, oh, this was a really interesting story, let's talk to these people and see if we want to hire them on as a freelance writer to create a new story. Yeah. And part of the reason I do that is not just because it's helping to further integrate fans into the franchise and showing that, you know, as, as a as the person leading the franchise, you know, I care about the fans and what the fans think and what the fans want. But it is the indie scene when it comes to indie development and indie production is really kicking off right now. And there's a lot of really good stuff coming out. Yeah. Uh, and so it's also about expanding beyond the the established writers who are already in Hollywood 
who have already had a name. Because when you think about Star Wars, that that's the movie that kicked off the careers of Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. Before Star Wars, they were not well-known actors. That it Star Wars is really what kicked off their careers. Uh, yeah, Harrison Ford maybe might have been a little known as an actor, but he wouldn't be what we'd consider an A-lister today. I'd yeah. say. Uh, and now but, he's a legend. And now he's a legend. And then when you look at Star Wars movies today, we have like Daisy Ridley and um, John Boyega. John Boyega. Like I knew who John Boyega was, but this because I, I I had actually seen Attack the Block, which is a great movie, by the way. Uh, I think that might have been one of his bigger movies at the time, but John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, were not super well known. Mm-hmm. I feel like Oscar Isaac was also in that. He was, yeah, he was an actor, but I don't think he was nearly as. I think Star Wars really kicked off his. Because now I would consider him an A-lister. Oh, yeah. They're all A-listers now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but before, they might have been on the cusp, or Oscar yeah. Isaacs might have been on the cusp. But I think Adam Driver may fall into that, too. Yes, I would say so, too. Uh, but all the other, there's so many cameos, and they're really starting to, when you think of like Rogue One, you have Mads Mikkelsen. Um so they're, they're really I think Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. They're drawing in these big names, and and it feels like they're trying to get the movie to kind of skate on the coattails of those big names. Because oh, I want to I want to see Star Wars because I really like Woody Harrelson, and I want to see him in this movie as Han Solo's mentor. And I want to see Ben Mendelsohn as the villain, the bad guy in Rogue One. I would not be concerned with like the name yeah. of the actor. Yeah, yeah. I would be looking for talent or interesting characterizations of these characters. And I would not be concerned. Like I wouldn't give preference to like oh it's an a-lister we're gonna try to use their name power to draw in an audience during the media tours leading in the month or so leading so up i'm to the going release. to i agree with you for the most part i'm gonna i'm gonna say that it is i feel like they can use those big a-listers for certain parts because i think benedict cumberbatch as thrawn would not only oh, be a I perfect agree. casting, Definitely. but would also be like, you get a big name to play that character because he's so beloved to the fans that if you saw if you saw Benedict Cumberbatch got cast as Thrawn, then you know immediately, okay, then the, the role is going to be given its due respect because Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. is that that amazing of an actor, right? And you know for a fact that that, that casting is not them trying to get a big name in, in star wars that casting yes. is getting one of the best actors and giving him one of the best roles right and i would say th- th- that i would do that with certain actors because there are certain actors that it, they're very hard to divorce from the roles that defined their career or made their career like i would never put daniel radcliffe in a Star Wars movie, because it's just it's too hard to see him as not Harry Potter. I don't know. He plays the psycho villain a lot recently. That's true. It, it, it would have like in in that case, maybe for Daniel Radcliffe specifically, if it's been long enough since then, and he's done enough roles and enough variety of roles that it has now started to muddy those waters, and it's no longer because like right after Harry Potter finished as a series. Like, everything I saw him in, I was like, oh, it's Harry Potter. I can't watch it. Because I, I can't see that movie and not see Harry Potter. Which r- kind of ruins the experience of watching it for me. So I would I would go out of my way to kind of avoid this. So, like, I love Jackie Chan. But he... 
is so typecasted as like the good guy martial arts cop that um he played a secret agent in foreigner the spy next door okay still the goofy <laughs> law enforcement person yeah because he's because he's good at it though he is he plays the fun uncle so well he does but especially in jackie chan adventures Oh, yes. I was literally <laughs> going to bring it up. One of my favorite shows growing up. Dude, same here. Uh, it was so much. I loved that cartoon. It was so great. I saw, Uncle. I One s- more thing. <laughs> I saw it was Jackie Chan Adventures and American Dragon Jake Long are two of like the most nostalgic shows from my childhood. God, I remember watching Shaolin Showdown as a kid. <gasps> yeah. Yo. Yo, we are connecting on a whole new level right now. <laughs> Your adventures, Shaolin Showdown. Shaolin Showdown was one of those I didn't remember until like, uh, it was a few months ago, and I came across on Instagram and like had these like flood of memories. Yeah, I loved that show as a kid. So I would be careful about how I were to cast the big names. Yeah, because uh, you don't want like Jackie Chan actually in the Foreigner. Because he's so typecasted as the good guy cop that's fighting the bad guy that when he took on the role of the bad guy, essentially, like it, from like the moral and ethical viewpoint, he's the bad guy because he's just straight up murdering people in that movie. Uh, it, it's so outside of his typecasted role that it was it was kind of like jarring otherworldly oh okay to watch the movie it was really good he did a fantastic job in it but it was just like this is jack this is not jackie chan it was like adam sandler in uncut gems uncut gems uncut gems is adam sandler's dramatic movie where he shows off that he's actually a good actor that can do more than just (laughs) and yeah (laughs) uh same goes for the movie cobbler where he plays a he's a cobbler, it's a family business, and he learns that when he puts on his clients' shoes, he turns into his clients. And it's such a good movie. And it's another serious dramatic. Hmm. It's really good. I recommend it. But yeah, if if in those kinds of cases when you know that the actor can really step out of their typecast, then great. Uh, but it would be a, something I kind of carefully considered and would take on a name-by-name basis. Otherwise, I would just be looking for good talent that does interesting characterizations of the characters. So the other thing would be, this is like big-time content stuff, as opposed to like how to create new content. I would start to slowly recanonize aspects of the... EU like KOTOR like KOTOR uh, but I would also do it with the input of the fans because there are just, s- just Dave Filoni doing Twitter polls basically what EU yes. book gets canonized this week yeah because there are some things like the Yuuzhan Vong or the Yuuzhan Vong story arc do you know the Yuuzhan Vong I know you've mentioned it before. Extragalactic invaders that invade the whole galaxy at once. And they are very resilient to the Force and to lightsabers. And they hate mechanical technology. This may have been talked about in the unreleased episode. It might have been. Uh, but I remember the Yuuzhan Vong being like almost Last Jedi levels of... You either love it or you hate it. Like there, I don't remember people there really being kind of an in between. See, the people liked it, or they did not like it at all, and there were people who just outright didn't recognize it as canon. And, you know, and in those days, no one had a problem with that because the EU. There were a lot of things that were just contradictory about the EU. Uh, if I remember correctly, there were actually two separate different stories on the marriage of Han and Leia. And it was just kind of left to you, the audience, to determine which one you liked and would kind of accept as canon. Uh, There wasn't a, like, no, you have to have it one way. And 
so, you know, when it comes to kind of recanonizing the EU, and when you take into consideration, like, the levels of canon tier, you can, you don't have to have what it seems like Disney's trying to do, where they're trying to have a, a single, solid, definitive timeline and canon. Uh, and you can have, like, here's one take on this story, here's another take on this story, here's something, because when we, here, here's something that seems to contradict this other thing from a different point in time. Uh, I think Visions might be a good example of this. Visions could be a good example of it, uh, but with the old EU, it was all within the same universe. Yep. Uh, so, but there are so many things that just in general, the, the whole fan base loves about the EU and and, and, I, and it's those particular things that really, I think upset people with Disney's cancellation of the EU. Like Thrawn. Thrawn, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, like the whole like umbrella of the Knights of the Old Republic, uh, the, the history of the Jedi, because the history of the Jedi goes back like 25,000 years yeah. to before the Republic. Uh, if you kind of re, if I think if you recanonize that and the origins of the Jedi, they weren't, because the Jedi is, has gone through so many different like phases and identities. By the time of the Seventh Battle of Rusan, the Jedi were like warrior lords that actually like ruled over planets but they always did it you know in the name of the good they were like you know your classic knightly lord that had their vassalage and they had their people that lived on their land and they took care of uh and so like the jedi of the current age of like that we know from the movies wouldn't recognize the Jedi of a thousand years ago. They'd be very different. So I think if we kind of recanonized these different identities of the Jedi, it would bring a lot more life kind of back into the story and would open the doors for m new stories to be told that can be told within, you know, Disney's canon and timeline. Uh, and then we can kind of, in this case, have our cake and eat it too. Because uh, it's just, there's so much room for new stories that the the EU never needed to be canceled. It was just, it was too wide open and expansive. You had the whole galaxy to play with. And they got rid of it and they focused on a 30-year period. Yeah. I remember being really pissed when they canceled the when they decanonized the eu even though i wasn't like i didn't really what know anything about, about it. it i don't know i just thought it was like oh yeah i think we've talked about this i was mad that star killer was no that's longer right. canon that's right but other than that i didn't really know about it i just knew that it was a bad thing see i was really excited in in rogue one when uh admiral radish calls up for uh he calls up for the hammerhead because that is a Knights of the Old Republic design. So hmm. I was like, oh, that's a really positive sign. Seeing that ship in the movie canonizes it. And if they're canonizing essentially the Endar Spire, what does that, that suggest that they are open at the very least to recanonizing Knights of the Old Republic? I think that Dave Filoni is aware of the love for Nazi the Old Republic. I think the fact that it's getting a remake, not a not a re-release, not a uh, remaster. It is getting a full from the ground up remake. Yes. In uh, next couple of years, I think that the, we may be starting to see that. Um kind of come to fruition a little bit. And I think Dave Filoni is aware of what oh, I think Knights is. of the Royal Republic and Revan means to the fan base. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk more about KOTOR later. We will. I just, I, I, me, I have my doubts as to 
how much Filoni will be able to influence the decision, the, the final decision making. That's valid. I mean, he is the creative director of Star Wars, so he is, but he's he's not Kathleen Kennedy, and she can. So ass- what we need, what we need to happen is we need we need the master, we need the apprentice to supplant the master to. Kill need, the master. We need Filoni. We need Dave to fall Filoni. to the dark side. Our, sa- our and savior. And to the rule too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, because she can pretty much veto whatever he does, uh, if she really wanted to. Yeah. So if he starts to recanonize things that she decides doesn't want to be recanonized, she can put her foot down. And that's where I have like I have a lot of faith in Filoni and how he'll direct Star Wars. But I, I do have a lot of faith that Kathleen Kennedy will get in the way. Yeah. And fuddle it a lot. I The Mandalorian gives me hope. The Mandalorian gives me hope. Boba Fett, not so much. Boba Fett was a little campy, but it was okay. Yeah, it was also... Uh, it, it was slow. It was disappointing to see that Boba Fett's TV show... Had like a whole episode and a half dedicated to Mando. I don't think anyone was disappointed to see an episode and a half of Mando. That's true. But in, in regards to how... I think how, it was two and a half episodes. Maybe. Probably. But in regards to how what it implies for Boba's character, it was disappointing. Because it, it really just... To me, it shows that they don't really care about Boba Fett. They care about Mando. And that Boba Fett season one turned into a vehicle to launch Mando season three. Um, yeah, it's valid. I gotta, I gotta say it. Because well, this thing is that those two episodes they just aren't. They aren't Boba Fett. They're Mandalorian season two point five. That's true. And then you just gotta. You can. And that's you why... can even skip those and just watch the Boba Fett part. Exactly. And it's still a complete story. Exactly. And that's why it's a little disappointing that those episodes are in Boba Fett. That sh- that really should have been Mando season 1 and maybe they delay the release of Boba Fett so that we can see episode of Mando 1 we can see the first episode of Mando season 3 and then we get into Boba Fett. I say Bobo. I think you, it's did, a... you said Bobo. <laughs> oh boy! It's not as bad as me saying Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Fett. Because I don't know how much of that was Dave Filoni, how much of that was Kathleen Kennedy, and how much of that was just other people trying to kind of all put their hand in the pot on when does Boba Fett come out? When does Mando season three come out? When is Ahsoka gonna release? When is because they're, they're they're trying to juggle so many different TV shows that are all ostensibly interconnected. I don't know if that's entirely true. We have not heard any news about any kind of production status on anything other than Boba Fett. And I, I don't even know if Mando has finished production, has it? I, I want to say it has. It's coming out this year. I don't know if it's finished production. But my point is, is that they've got so many TV shows that are all interconnected into really a single story. Yeah, and they're trying to juggle them all. That, for me, it seems like the first big fumble was the Mando episodes in Boba Fett. They really should have been part of Boba Fett's season, especially the the first episode, where that was just fully there was no nothing about Boba Fett in it. Had, it. it yeah, it was. What, what was that episode four? When episode three ends, I think it's three with. Boba and Fennec standing on the balcony of Jabba's palace. And she's like, I know a guy. And then Mando's music starts playing. Like, that's really cool. Next episode, Boba Fett goes to Mando. Gets the info from Fennec Shand. Goes to Mando and recruits him in person. That's really cool. The next episode just being a Mando episode that has nothing to do. It's literally just a... Now that Mando's been referenced at the end of episode three, let's do a whole episode that's just telling people what Mando's doing right now. I 
I can agree with you that it was a, a it may have been a blunder on the part of Star Wars, but as far as like TV show storytelling, that's actually fairly common. That's true. That in just storytelling in general, that's like when you're reading a novel, that's like the full yeah, page yeah, break. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, I think it did. It could have because it was supposed to be Boba Fett's story. It could have definitely hindered Boba Fett's time on screen, etc. Right? But I don't think it was. I don't know. I just I love Mando too much to think that he could be in the wrong in some way it's not he's not in the wrong you make a good point because that is a pretty common storytelling technique where you you have your story something gets referenced and then we get a page break and we go into that thing that's been referenced and but generally generally that is used in stories that are that are taking place in multiple different places at the same time right like parallel storylines right and are also like about multiple characters and we have that with these tv shows the problem is, is that that's the marvelization of Star Wars. See, I think I think we could have gotten a like three episode, um, like imagine if we got Mandalorian season three. There's like however many episodes before the episode in Boba Fett, and then there's the the episode. Then there's the episode in Boba Fett, and then. We get all of what Mando being on screen, all of that is in, uh, all of those parts of Boba Fett are in Mandalorian season three. And it gives us this like, in the middle of things, what's going on, Boba Fett needs help, but we don't know what's going on. And then we get this like, all we get is the debrief from Boba Fett for Mando. They go through the whole thing. And then that is like the like big tease for Book of Boba Fett in the middle of Mandalorian because as much as Mando steals the screen from Boba Fett I do not think it's possible for Boba Fett to do the same to Mando like if they were to have like that Boba Fett episode in the middle of the Mandalorian everyone would be like okay cool it's a Boba Fett episode can we get back to Mando please like no one would be like no one would forget about the main story going on and be like no just give us more of this because like in Boba Fett it was very much I don't really care what happens on Tatooine. Can we just finish this story? <laughs> right. And that's the other problem is that it was on Tatooine. Like, I get that he was on the, in the Sarlacc's pit and that he got chucked out. But honestly, I think it would have been a lot better, a lot more interesting if the story had left Tatooine once his time with the Sand People came to an end. Um, I don't know if that's entirely he had, true because he like he worked for Jabba for a long time. Right? That's true. Well, he, like, he had a relationship with Jabba for a long time, but it was never like a, I'm your permanent employee. It's just like um, a, maybe I'm yeah. in this neck of the woods a lot, or because it's most Isley, and it's the hive of scum and villainy. Well, I think it it may have been one of those things that, like, spending all those years working for Jabba, like, he had that huge list of how he could do it better, and so, like, now that he's back and he's like change and he's this like great leader he's like okay this needs to be done because he like cares about the people and all of that and so like yeah i don't know i guess i always saw it more as a most likely as the scum of hive and villainy i always kind of saw boba being you know at jabba's palace just kind of like oh that's his crash pad Mm. a lot of his targets find themselves in most likely therefore he's in the neck of the woods a lot and when he is jabba's a good guy that's like, hey, I got you a permanent room in my palace. Mm. So whenever you're hunting someone here, you just land your ship at my place, you crash the night in your room, and then you go show your face around here so that people get intimidated, and then you go after your bounty and you go on your way. That's yeah, kind of how I always I think that's it. still valid for, for the character growth that he goes through. Like, he's getting old. He wants to sure. settle down in a way. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. Uh I think the scope of the show was never going to go past Tatooine. I'm just tired of Tatooine. Like I love That's Tatooine. Valid. That's valid. It's great. It's just it's the the desert planet is getting overplayed now, at least on screen. Like, are you are you referencing Dune? No, 
I still need to go see the new Dune. Oh, I haven't seen it either. My dad and I just we just watched the uh, the uh, the the sci-fi miniseries that was produced in like the early two thousands. Dude, mm-hmm. top-notch sci-fi, absolutely super campy, massively dated in its effects, but top-notch storytelling. And it's from what I've heard, it's extremely close to the book, which I've never read. Hmm. But given how close people say it is to the book, I feel like I don't need to go read the book now. <laughs> Everyone who ever read the Dune book is screaming at you in the comments. Probably. That's okay. It's like when I say I watch the Harry Potter movies, so I don't really, really need to read the books. I already get the story. Uh, you don't need to read the first and or second Or I watched, I watched the Lord of the Rings movies, and so I don't need to go read those books because... Go, See, go, re- go read The Hobbit. I did as a child. Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King. Those are the books. And those are pretty close to the movies. Ooh. I mean, there are... I've heard that they're very much not. There are places where they're different, but they're also very close. They are not divergent in the way that... uh, The Hobbit is? The Hobbit is, yeah. (laughs) Oof. Oof. Anyway, this is not a J.R.R. Tolkien podcast. They had to do a lot to fill out three movies for a book that's like 150 pages. Yeah. Steven, we're getting towards the end of our time that we've got today. So why don't you go ahead and wrap up our How to Fix Star Wars series. I mean, that's that's about it. Uh, really reintegrating the fans into Star Wars. Yeah. Or not really reintegrating, but integrating them yeah. into Star Wars, involving them, listening to what they think, what they have to say. Uh crediting those that are creating original fan content mm-hmm. rather than just straight up taking it. And the other real big one was realizing Marvel and Star Wars are not the same thing and yeah. not marvelizing the Star Wars mythos and yeah. franchise. Cause that's, that's, I think for me, that's the most important one is keeping because that's the one where it's like do you either want star wars to be a reskin of marvel or do you want star wars to be star wars yeah uh and and when you're trying to marvelize it you're starting to lose the the heart and soul of what makes it star wars yeah so that's all i've got for how i the things that i would do and the steps i'd take to fix star wars if i were to be hired in as that guy that comes in (laughs) to fix corporate cultures and uh, improve a company and get them back on their feet. So that now puts us at our on our this week in Kodor. This week in Kotor. Kodor uh, or Coder? I always say Kotor. See, I used to say Kotor. Now I say Coder. And I hate it. I know. Anyway, um so this week in Kotor, I uh got arrested. I chose to go to Man- Manan. Manan. Oh God. Manan. 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 Um, Manan. That was the first uh, planet. I think it's just because it was like a water planet. I thought that was interesting, and so I, I flew there. Uh, you know, landed, started talking to people. Was really disappointed by the first shop you come across. <laughs> what do you think of the Selkath's language? I was playing most of this with the volume off, so <laughs> I haven't really listened to it much. Do you know what they sound like? No. Uh, Not really. That's about it. <laughs> anyway, um, so I get to the planet. I'm you know, walking around trying to make sure I get in, like, get to every corner before I actually start doing any story. I went and did the, the swoop races actually first. I was going to um, ask, did you do the swoop racing? I beat the first two heats, no problem. And then I think the, the last heat is 22.5, and my best time was 22.75. Oh, no. And I'm like, <laughs> it is so close. Have you beaten it yet? Mm-mm. Not yet. Yeah, I didn't realize, but on Terrace, the swoop racing, if you go super slow on the first heat, yep, you make it easy because yep. 
you will always win the first heat. Yep. And then it will always be beaten by just a few seconds. And then you have to beat that new time. Yes. So don't go all out on the first heat. No, I learned that the first time around. Yeah. I, and every to every playthrough since, I, I have, never realized that. So I've made sure to I tank it, that first. I always one. tried to go as fast as I could. And it made it made sometimes it made the second heat very difficult to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I got. I tried to do like the third heat just back to back, kind of keep my rhythm. Then it's like, no, you got to go talk to the guy. And I was like, well, this is stupid. Um, uh, I went. I talked to like I kept seeing um. Like, some Sith and Republic people like talking to mercenaries, and I couldn't quite follow what was going on. And I'm like, oh, it's just setting up for something later, probably. Anyway, uh, I ended up. I think I think I got from the the swoop race guy. No, I got from. There was some soldier or something that was like, hey, go to this place, talk to this person. I was like, all right, cool. So I did that, and he's like, hey, you need to go to the Sith embassy, whatever. Either you get three options to get in, and you can, you can like, I can't remember what they were. One of them was like brute forcing your way in. Uh, another one was like, we need to decrypt this pass card, which I did. I was very proud of myself. Nice, nice. Because um, I realized it was like a math thing. <laughs> the second time I tried to decode it, because the first one was like, what, "What's all these numbers for?" Yeah, I think I did a lot of the decoding stuff the first time I played through the game, because I was like, "Oh, fun puzzles," and so I I was so mad. Um, I was so mad when I got into the embassy, and I'm like, "All right, I have the passcode," because like on Terrace, once you have your papers, you can get anywhere, and you're never contested. And then you get in the Sith Embassy uh, with your pa- with your pass card, and they're like, "Hey, you're not supposed to be here." And I'm like, uh, "I I have a I have a I have a card. I have a pass card." And they're like, "No, you're not supposed to be here." And then they pu- they open fire and like, "Well, I guess I'm killing everyone." And then you just <laughs> merc the entire facility. Yeah. And I got to a point where I almost uh, two of my people died. And all I had was Candorous left standing. Oh, no. Hey, Candorous is good, though. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. But your Jedi was dead. Yeah. Yeah. My Jedi, who has, like, plus 22 to hit and does a ridiculous amount of damage. Oh, dang. That's a lot. Yeah, because he's a, he's a full-on melee build. Anyway. um, So, yeah. I was like, oh, I just need to go get some med packs. And then I'll come back and finish out this little dungeon. So, I left to go get some med packs and walked outside the embassy and they were like, you're under arrest. And I was like, what? Like, uh, I I can't, I can't remember all that they said or whatever, but I'm like, they're like, yeah, you're being put on trial. I was like, (laughs) well, this is unfortunate. And I tried, I really tried because they give you the, the speaking option of being like, you'll never take me alive. And I'm like, Ooh, good. I can always win combat. So I like hit that and they're like, no, we're going to take you alive. I'm like, Oh, Okay, so they lead you off, and you're in, like, a containment unit, and they're like, hey, uh, here's your lawyer. And you're like, is this actually happening right now? Am I actually on trial for, like... Have you gone through the trial yet? Yeah, the first time, I died. I was executed. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I was like... Because I'm like, I'm, like, walking through, and I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. It's a little, it's a little trial. You have to, like, you know, defend yourself or whatever. And Did they you... got to the end, and, like, you've been sentenced to death. And I was like, oh. And then I saw the menu screen, and I was like, wait a second. What? Wait, this is real? Oh, my... <laughs> yeah. And then I was mad. I was like... <laughs> oh, no. Uh... Did you save before? Or was there an autosave? There was an autosave right as I left the Sith Embassy. Oh, no. Like, yeah. when you got outside or mm-hmm. before entering? When the I got outside. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, okay. So, now... Did you accept the, the your Arbiter's help no i i mid mid trial i said get out and i took it on by myself it, it took you half the trial to realize that he's an idiot yep <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i think my first time playing through i i took the arbiter's help and i i think i got executed too and that's when i was like this guy's a complete dodo brain he's an idiot I need to just defend myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you get to the point where you found, like, Selkath kids in the embassy? No. Thanks for the spoiler, though. No problem. Uh, 
Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, hey, this we week said in KOTOR, spoilers. that's not fair. I know. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> I'm just using it as a cheap defense. <laughs> hey, I can um, be a lawyer. Yeah, I am. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually like. I'm really invested in it. I'm actually playing it did, consistently. After you dealt with Julan, Juhani on Dantooine, did you go talk to the the Jedi lady that accosts you when you first arrive that yells I, at you for not I being? I think ropes? so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because there's some really interesting lore about her and Juhani that you gotta like. You gotta talk to her. Uh. After you deal, either whether you save Juhani or not, you go talk to her afterwards. Wait, you can... You can choose not to save Juhani. What happens then? Do you kill her? Yeah. You're just like, no, you fell to the dark side. You're dead. Wait, what? And you just straight up, you kill her. You fight her in combat and you kill her. But then how do you get a second lightsaber? Uh, You, you wait. don't ske- steal Juhani's. You can loot it off her, I think. Oh. Yeah, I think you can loot it off her. But I mean... Anyway. You'll, you'll come across... So, Coder One, there's a there's like a set number of lightsabers, mm-hmm. and you get them off of specific encounters and characters. And you get your double blade from yes Fast to let you get your Coder Two. There are way more than that because now you have the chance of getting them as some like random loot on certain things, uh, but they don't start to appear until after you. Assemble your first lightsaber. All right. Anything else you did this week in Coder? Uh, no, that's it. Already, just epically failed trying to steal like some codes or something. I can't even remember. And then you got was. arrested and executed. I got arrested. Yeah. Alrighty. That's gonna all we have for this week. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. And always two there are. Yeah. We'll see you. Alrighty. Bye.